The period was so far like the present period that some of its noisiest authorities insisted on it being received, for good or for evil, in the superlative degree of comparison only. This quote is from the first page of A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. Published in 1859, this novel defines an age of radicalism and an age of revolution that took place not only in Europe but in Western philosophy in general. Today we're going to talk about revolution and what that means in the context of philosophy, media, and current events and the reality of our world. In order to properly analyze and discuss this topic, the first thing we should do is define what revolution actually means. Well, according to early astronomer Nicholas Copernicus, revolution would define the invariable and constantly changing movements of the heavenly bodies, and thus the repetitive character of change itself. This probably isn't the first definition we'd go for today. But however, revolution is a word that was only recently politicized. It was defined in a modern context following the Age of Revolution, which existed in around 1775 to 1850. During this period, not only some of the most significant revolutionary movements of Europe and the Americas existing, it was also a time of philosophical and political thought in the Western world that previously did not exist. For example, philosophers like Thomas Hobbes, John Locke, and even Karl Marx all existed during this time. The period is noted for its transition in government from mostly absolutist monarchies to constitutionalist states and republics. Most significantly, revolutions like the American Revolution, the English Revolution, and the French Revolution all existed during this period. And thus, these three revolutions very greatly informed the definition of the word revolution itself, especially in a modern context. Today, we would see a revolution as a forced overthrow of a government in order to create a new one, or a political change that is both lasting and novel in content. In many instances today, revolution is seen as the ultimate success of humanity and all of our greatest values. It is characterized by sacrifice, but specifically sacrifice for something that is grand, important, and will provide for future generations or create a new order. As defined by Philip Zimbardo, a world-renowned psychologist, heroism is sacrifice made for a moral pursuit and without expectation of a reward. To many people, revolution is the action of heroism. Unlike war, heroism is a necessary component of revolution. Without the heroes, there will never be any actions taken in order to truly create revolution. War, on the other hand, creates heroes, but heroes create revolution. Like watching Les Miserables Enjolras die for the French flag in the pursuit of fraternity, equality, and liberty, or watching Luke Skywalker blow up the Death Star, revolutions act as an ultimate success for human life and values, specifically under a martyr or someone who is willing to lay down their life for these pursuits. Thus, this idea has been romanticized not only in life, but also in media. To further explore this concept, I asked some of my classmates about heroism and political movements to further understand what makes people heroes in the eyes of others. Um, who is the very first figure, real or imaginative, who comes to mind when you think of the word hero? Sonia Sotomayor, um, because she was like one of the first female Hispanic um, 
Supreme Court justices. And I think that's a really powerful thing for um, other female Hispanic um, children and like younger people to see someone who can rise above like social status to achieve such a huge like um, place of authority. She's overcome a lot to become who she is. And I think that there's a lot of institutional racism that presides in those sorts of jobs as judgeships. And I, I think that that's heroic of her to decide that she's not going to be deemed less worthy because of her race or her gender. George Washington. He was a military hero and also like a founding father of our country. <laughs> like Spider-Man, I guess. <laughs> okay, so why do you think that this person is heroic? What heroic actions has this person done? I honestly think that the only reason I really think of like Spider-Man or other super, super people um, as heroes is just because of society telling me what heroes are. And if I actually like thought about it and what makes a hero, I'd have a better response. But for Spider-Man, yeah, he saves ahead. people. So, he you know, people? great job. So what about in the context of revolution? Do you think that political movements can be heroic? They can uplift, like, tyranny. They can overcome that. They can bring freedom to people and um, create better governments, which create better lives for the people under that government. Um, I think political movements are heroic in that it really incorporates some of the um, ideals and characterizations of martyrs. Um, heroes in political movements are often the people who make sacrifices or are outspoken and then eventually kind of after the fact it seems are seen as heroes. I think that political movements can be heroic. I think that if they're done for the right reasons and sometimes people have differing opinions of what the right reasons are, I think they definitely can be heroic. I think, I mean, without the American Revolution, like, um, we wouldn't have, like, the United States as it is today, which is one of the most powerful countries in the entire world. Yeah. Um, I think political movements are heroic in that it really incorporates some of the um, ideals and characterizations of martyrs. Um, heroes in political movements are often the people who make sacrifices or are outspoken and then eventually kind of after the fact, it seems, are seen as heroes. And then last question, in your opinion, was the French Revolution heroic and why or why not? I think it was heroic because it was um, it was people standing up against such a large force that had been in power for so long and really trying to make things better for themselves. Um, and I think that's that really is the definition of a heroic movement. Mm-hmm. I would say yes because they had good intentions and they were honorable and noble intentions. And so I think it was heroic. Through these interviews, not only did I get an interesting perspective on what people viewed as heroism through revolution, sacrifice, and martyrism, I also received the overwhelming response that despite the horrific ending of the French Revolution and the lasting effects that France has had to face even today, most people believe that the intent of the French Revolution was in fact heroic. Whether this is due to historical bias, societal pressure, or just the way that history tells itself, Most people see the French Revolution as an upstanding example for what revolution means, standing up for what we believe in, especially if those things we believe in are Western ideals. 
This idea doesn't only exist in the past, but it also still exists today, whether we are discussing current political revolutions around the world or the interesting change in media that we have seen recently. Here to talk about dystopian novels and revolutions in that context, I'm passing it over to Maggie Flournoy. Young adult literature has recently been consumed by one main theme, dystopia. Since the release of The Hunger Games, the popularity of dystopian literature has skyrocketed. Why? What about war and imperfect societies draws in readers? Some claim it's a relatability, some claim it's a generic young adult love stories. I beg to differ. Dystopia is a broad subject matter. It is devi- defined as an imagined state or society in which there is great suffering or injustice, typically one that is totalitarian or post-apocalyptic. This broad definition leaves a lot of wiggle room. It throws The Hunger Games in 1984 into the same genre. These books are far from the same, but they do share an important characteristic, a reoccurring theme of revolution. A key aspect of all dystopian literature is some form of revolution, whether it be forming a militia to fight against an oppressive dictator or banding together to fight against zombies, each group is revolting. But why is the idea of a revolution so appealing? Why are dystopias always on the New York Times bestseller list? Because every single book romanticizes the idea of revolution. The authors create a universe where mercenaries and rebels are working together, where getting rid of the figurehead of an oppressive government solves all of their issues, and where a necessity as basic as food is less important than ideals. This fictional version of revolution is what has become popularized in recent young adult literature in the same way that the French Revolution has been romanticized throughout history. This all seems fairly concrete, but I didn't want to rely solely on my opinions and research. To help my understanding of the draw towards dystopia, I interviewed my classmates on their opinions of the fan-favorite genre. Have you heard of a dystopia before? Yes. Have you ever read a book marketed as dystopian? I have read many books, um, like The Giver, um, 1984, Hunger Games, Divergent series. Do you enjoy these types of books? I do. I think they're really interesting. I think it's kind of scary to see like what could happen. And I think that's part of the appeal is like, you think, oh, well, that would never occur. But then a part of you is like, what if it did? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you think that the Hunger Games series was so successful? I think it, I think it was more successful rather than the subject matter, like the, that it was a dystopian and more that it was a kid or a, a young person kind of taking charge and fighting back against an authority power. I think that they could have done that in really any sort of literary setting mm-hmm. and it would have been successful. Mm-hmm. I think it's successful because much like many books like that, it includes a fictional sense of like action and it keeps you on the edge of your seat, like you're drawn into it. But I think like most dystopia books, it also has a sense of like there's something real there too. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like an underlying message. So I think that's cool as well. Why do you think young adults are drawn to dark dystopias or used to be? There was like an era from 2012 to 2015 where they were the number one YA books? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it's it's hard to be a young adult, like 12 to 16, I think that's mostly the age group. Um, and especially dystopians are more about overthrowing something that's oppressing you and, and kind of a young person coming out and shining and being the force that makes a difference. So I think that's really appealing to a lot of people who feel stuck or who feel oppressed. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like I said, I think yeah. they it's like a fear of what if, and I think they like to put themselves in like the shoes of like the protagonist and say like, oh, like would I handle that situation in the same way? Like would I be able to survive such and such scenario? And I think that's really attractive to them. The French Revolution is a topic almost everyone knows. What about it makes it interesting, and do you find it interesting? I do find it interesting. I love history, and I love to learn about times when people um, rose up and fought for something they believed in and overcame tyranny. I find the French Revolution interesting because I think that it's... um, very pleasing to see like a bunch of these like scrawny like scraggly like just nobodies basically take on like these super uber powerful entities that are like made up in like makeup and big hair and they think nothing can stop them and just to see like the entire country like kind of explode and like take take down these people is very interesting. I think it's interesting because it's one of the most popular revolutions and really was a turning point in history where so many things changed and it really changed how France is today and France is still a large world power and it wouldn't be the way it is without the French Revolution and I I find it interesting just because I like history and I like learning about the times when injustices are corrected or when there's massive social movements. Revolutions in our media and history are portrayed as shining examples of heroism and moral righteousness. We idolize their figureheads as perfect role models. They were not afraid to stand up for what they knew to be right. But at what cost? Society looks on revolutions with glazed eyes. Blinded by their ideals, it can be difficult to acknowledge that revolution is messy and violent and dangerous. We know that the guillotine was used during the French Revolution, but never pause to consider how it was received by its contemporaries. When you do that, it's hard to ignore the word terrorism as it pops into your head. Where do we draw the line? There's a reason that the noun, revolution, has heroic and bolstering connotations, whereas the verb, to revolt, is abrasive and harsh. There's a disconnect between a revolution's intentions and end results, and the bloody actions necessary to achieve them. Because of this, it may be difficult to classify a revolution until those ideals have been achieved. Are there any revolutions happening right now? I spoke to some of our fellow classmates on real-life revolutions, both past and present, to try to gain insight on this topic. What's the first revolution that comes to your mind? The American Revolution. The American Revolution? What are some things that immediately pop into your head when you think about the American Revolution? Uh, when I think about the American Revolution, I'm definitely thinking about like patriotism and like fighting for your own kind mm-hmm. against some sort of tyranny. Generally, like good things or bad things? Good things. Kind. The French Revolution. What are some things that immediately pop into your head when you think of that? I think of um, people revolting against an oppressive monarchy and taking power. So are you familiar with the Syrian conflict? I am partially familiar with the war in Syria. With what you know about it, would you consider it a revolution? I would consider it more of a civil war than Mm -hmm. a revolution. I think it's kind of Mm multi-sided. And so therefore, I don't think it's really as much of a revolution in the context of like the American Revolution or the French Revolution. Do you consider Brexit a revolution? I don't think so because um, I think that a revolution has to require some force of real social upheaval and um, 
movement and Brexit was just a referendum that did cause a lot of action and a lot of talking, but it was, I think, honestly, it was too peaceful to really be a revolution. Um, yes, but it's not a revolution that I support. <laughs> I think it's more of a policy change, a political issue. It's not really breaking into as much of a violent uproar, and so therefore I think it's more of a political issue than really like a revolution where there's like a war. Do you think it could become one? Yes, I think so. Okay. Um, I don't think it's likely, but I do think it's possible. Do you have any other current revolutions that come to your mind? Maybe more like cultural revolutions, you know, mm-hmm. like feminist movements, women's rights movements, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I guess I guess I think of cultural revolutions rather than um, social revolutions, like groups of people revolting. Because um, more in this world, I think that what's more publicized is oppression rather than revolutions. correlation between when a revolution occurred and which its qualities are emphasized. If it is more recent, the wounds are still fresh, so the pain and actions that caused it are the focus. When there has been time for the effects of the revolution to take hold, people praise the good that's been done above all else. That is what makes A Tale of Two Cities so interesting. While it highlights the noble intentions of the French Revolution, it also doesn't shy away from its gritty reality. It was the best of times. Enlightenment was upon the people of France. A new beginning was in the air. It was the worst of times. Terror was on the horizon, too. As Dickens claimed, in every revolution, hope and terror hold a similar promise. Through this antithesis, humanity is recalled to life.